are Locked On 49ers, your daily San Francisco 49ers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to Locked On 49ers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Peacock, here with you on a, well, we're going to change up the schedule. we got a winky Tuesday today. Going to be joined in one second by my good buddy, Nick Winkler. You might remember Nick from our old podcast, Gold Faithful. He's a, an old radio guy. He's worked in TV in the Bay Area, specifically the Monterey Bay Area, and uh, is occasionally a member of the 49ers media now, and he was at the stadium at Levi's, and I heard it was a raucous crowd. So uh, I want to ask him about that. So let's bring him on. Action News 8 Sports with Nick Winkler. Hey, bud. Hey, man, what a wind yesterday or two days ago. Huh? I mean, oh, man, it wasn't a full stadium out there, but I'll tell you, they were loud, and, and they were they stayed till the end. I mean, it was a great game. A little tough not to cheer up in the press box, but you can't look like a, a rookie when you're up there. and. <laughs> You know, got to go in the locker room afterwards and got to go in both locker rooms, too, which was a little bit weird when you go in the, the visiting locker room right after a team loses. Uh, and then you go into the 49ers locker room. Everybody's happy and smiling and joking and just, just all around. Just a, a great football game for the 49ers and just another step in the brick-by-brick brick process. Yeah, good point. Another brick. And those bricks have the letter W on them right now, which is something that uh, wasn't happening for the first nine weeks of the season. 49ers all of a sudden, four out of their last five. And let's start here because I asked the question on last episode, got a little bit of feedback on Twitter. Are the 49ers a playoff caliber team right now, today, even before we go through another full off season and add more talent, before Jimmy Garoppolo even has a complete full understanding of Kyle Shanahan's playbook? Are the 49ers a playoff caliber team today? I, I mean, that's tough to say. I mean, you know, there, there's so much that can happen in a season, you know. If teams get hot at the end, you know, teams are cold in the beginning. And, I mean, the 49ers are playing just about as well as any football team right now in the NFL. You know, they beat the, the Titans, they beat the Texans, they beat the Giants. I mean, you know, three of those, you know, not, I don't think any of those teams are going to be making the playoffs this year, but you got to like what you see, right? I mean, the defense since week 10 has been, you know, top five in, in nearly every category. And, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo he's passed for more yards in his first three starts than any quarterback in franchise history. And, yeah, and they're winning football games. And everybody's happy and everybody's confident. And that's super important. One of the things that everybody said in that locker room afterwards was, yeah, we, we believe in Jimmy. You know, he, he believes it. We believe it. And we're, we're you know. We're going to follow this guy, and that's so important. So, I mean, if the playoffs were to start today and the 49ers had a chance, and I definitely wouldn't bet against them. It's interesting because, and that's a good point about, you know, uh, and I've talked about how development of players and especially quarterbacks is not a linear growth path. And I think for teams, you go through ups and downs over a 16-week season. And you're right, the 49ers are playing very good right now, and but it's like, and so you would expect Jimmy Garoppolo would actually get even better as he's fully immersed in Kyle Shanahan's offense. But at the same time, the more he plays, the more opposing defensive coordinators have a chance to watch him play and might find things that they can attack and use against both the scheme and You're Jimmy Garoppolo. And so that might get more difficult as he actually gets better. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works, especially going into next year. 
Yeah, and let's also you know talk about the fact that he's playing with uh, a depleted offensive line and a bunch of young or cast-off wide receivers. I mean, you, you get this guy with some real talent around him, and wow, sky's the limit. It's funny because I'm I'm on Twitter right now, and and just from the game, like halftime on through post game and overnight and into Tuesday and and Monday, and there's just been stat after stat, and all it is is just it's a wave of like, oh, the 49ers have done this better than they've done in three years. They're doing this better than they've done in three years over the last few games. And it's pretty it's pretty unreal to see all of the and like you mentioned with the with some cast off receivers and guys that let me put it this way the 49ers offense right now has let's see Joe Staley Carlos Hyde Daniel Kilgore <laughs> and what Garrett right. Selleck I guess so four starters that were on the team oh, last year well Goodwin was a starter too he was the two receiver Goodwin yeah well Goodwin was forced he, he was kind of supposed to be a number three in Buffalo but uh, I mean he wasn't right. on the 49ers doing that either you know even if he was the number two so it's just the turnover and and a lot of guys weren't starters in the league wherever they were and now they're on the 49ers and um it's pretty awesome to see the development there and I think being part of the system for the full season helps it probably helped Garoppolo to jump in with a team that kind of knew what was going on already even though it's difficult I'm sure to jump in and do that did you hear about the first play of the game were you um, with Kilgore in the locker room when he was talking about the first play of the game where the headset went out, and so Garoppolo just had to make up his own play? Yeah, don't you love that? I mean, that's the <laughs> kind of guy you want as your quarterback, right? He's like, okay, well, I guess it's up to me, guys, so let's do this. Yeah. He's like, where's Winkler? Full back dive. Yeah. <laughs> I was ready. I was ready to get in there. Full back three. Full back Always dive. prepared. Hold your water on three. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Love it, man. Um, so, from your view up up top in the press box, anything that, that caught your eye watching the, watching the game go down on Sunday? I mean, it's just it's how he can stay in the pocket. It's Garoppolo's presence. You see him, and he's constantly. There was a play where uh, it was the Selleck play in the back of the end zone where he scrambled out. And if you know, I, I hate to keep doing comparisons to Kaepernick, but you know, we're a 49ers team, and he was our quarterback for quite a while. It, it's a play where he scrambles out, and if it's Kaepernick, he's looking to run. But is not looking to do that. He's pointing. You know, he's like, yeah, I see an opening over there. Get over there, Selleck. And he does. And, and they get a touchdown. And it's just every play you see him, he's back down. If his first guy's not open, he's progressing in his reads. And he's accurate. And he hangs in the pocket. And he's got such a quick release. And, man, it's fun to watch him, especially from up so high, because you can see every play develop. You know, and you can see, oh, he got hit right there because, you know, Hyde jumped outside the block, and, and they did a stunt, and the guy went inside. and You know, just, just little things like that that you don't pick up when you're watching the telecast because of the side angle. And it's just it, – it's impressive what Garoppolo's doing right now, and, and he really – he looks like the real deal, man. Selleck was completely uncovered on that play, and I guess he, he said yeah. he, he broke off and ran a different route. It was supposed to kind of go a different way, but he saw that it was wide open. And he's standing in the end zone for a while, and I think – I'm pretty sure Garoppolo, so Garoppolo went through his reads to the other side of the field and scrambled right. I think he was pointing at, I don't think he even at saw Taylor, Selleck right? right away. I think he was pointing at Taylor to go to the corner. And he's like, oh, wait, never mind, Taylor. Selleck's already standing there by himself. Let me just hit him for the <laughs> touchdown. 
But the, the, you gotta love that, man. He's like, I got. I'll get this guy open. Oh no, wait, someone's already open. Yeah. Okay, there we go. Oh wait, someone's open in the end zone. Okay, let's just score a touchdown here. Why not? Sorry, Robbie Gould. You're gonna. You don't get seven attempts today. We're we're gonna keep it at six for you. Oh man, you should just hear the praise Gold got in that locker room too. I mean, everybody was just you know couldn't say enough good things about that guy. And he you know as a as a kicker, you don't expect them to be a leader in the clubhouse, but he is. You know, he's a veteran. He's played for a really long time, and it's actually pretty funny. I watched a lot of the game with with Ryan Covey, and he's a Bears fan. And so you know when he makes that first field goal, he's like, <laughs> oh yeah. Stupid Bears dropping, you know, cutting him, signing Connor Barth. Great move, guys. You know, blah, blah, blah. And then a little bit later in the game, um, uh, what's his name? Damon Bruce kind of pops over, and he's, you know, him and him and Kobe go way back. And so he's he's giving Kobe a bunch of crap, and he's just like, oh, yeah, another field goal. Hey, how was that, how was that move by the Bears? You know? <laughs> Good job there, <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, speaking of Kobe, and this is like a totally weird segue. I don't know if Kobe would be into this, but did you see that the the XFL might be trying to make a comeback? Dude, that's amazing. I actually went to an XFL game, the Demons there, when it was at AT&T Park. Oh, really? What was it yeah, like? Yeah, heck yeah. I don't, I don't remember who they play. I think they played Las Vegas, but I just, you know, a buddy of mine was like, hey, I got a couple tickets to this. How do you say no to an XFL game? <laughs> yeah, you got to go check that out. I remember, well, they would definitely, well, I wonder because I don't think they would be able to do the kickoff system. Didn't they just run from opposite end zones, two guys to try to, to fight for the ball in the middle yeah. of the field? Yeah, it was like, and I don't know if they tossed the ball or if it just sat there, and it was like, go get the ball. And didn't one guy, like, injure himself for the season on that play? And <laughs> so like, maybe that's not a good idea. That's what I was going to say. I can't admit it. And it would be interesting to see the XFL go that route and be like, dude, I don't care. We're going to do it this crazy-ass way. And the NFL is going completely right. the opposite direction. And I wonder what that would be like if, if they would get a market of people that are like, oh, this is boring, and that, that are, you know, there's, there's a very small segment of, of the NFL a fan base that really hates the way the NFL is going right now. I wonder if they would be able to, uh, to to poach a little bit of that. But at the same time, I mean, it failed miserably. I can't imagine why would they just dump millions of dollars again into something that already failed once. Yeah, I mean, like you said, though, I mean, there there might be a market out there for people that miss that game, you know, where the wide receivers just getting killed over the middle and, you know, these headhunting safeties and something like that. And you could sell it as that. You sign waivers and... Yeah. Oh, man. That, that, that's scary to me, though. Yeah. I mean, as long as people know what they signed up for and they, they know it's, you know, what's like whatever. They're, I mean, there's there's still boxing and fighting and, and MMA yeah, stuff. you're right. You know, so. All right. Well, uh, why don't we get to a little mailbag, huh? Should we talk about the, uh, the draft that we did uh, last week? Oh, Somebody we... <laughs> uh, went from, from last to first over here. I don't want to toot my own horn. No, but... yeah. You know what? I was gonna. <laughs> I was hoping you would forget that we wouldn't talk about that. But, um, yeah, no, we definitely need to, <laughs> to address this. Winkler coming from, from worst to first. You had a huge game. And I wasn't sure about that. I, I mean, not against the pick of Todd Gurley, but I was thinking, ooh, against Seahawks. You know, in Seattle, that's usually a tough place to play. And the dude went off. And I talked about that, just that entire you know, game of how just str- like just straight go into Seattle and beat them down and overpower the Seahawks at home is something that hasn't happened in a while. And I was talking about it even being sort of a shift in the NFC West. It's like, wow, okay, Rams are for real, for real. And Mike Silver wrote an article about how the Seahawks might be on their way down steep decline, especially with a lot of veteran players that are a huge part of why they're good. They might not be around even in 2018. Um, 
But yeah, good draft pick there. Todd Gurley, four touchdowns, three rushing, 150 yards on the ground. Well done. You know, actually, I went with him because I've had the, the Seahawks defense in my other fantasy league all season. I've just slowly been watching them get more injuries and just get worse and worse and worse. And I was like, I got a feeling this guy's going to go off. Plus, you know, I had Gordon and Gronkowski and, and Big Roethlisberger. And yeah, I had a pretty good just overall squad. Yeah, so you're way out ahead right now in first place, and you still have Julio Jones going on Monday Night Football. Yeah, so let's see how many points I can beat everybody by. Yeah, or if he loses like 30 points, he might be in trouble. Fumble, fumble, fumble. <laughs> oh, he picked it back up. He fumbled again. And, come on, we need to talk to the listeners here. I mean, it's second place is, is yours truly. So, I mean, the right. listeners trying to come strong. They're kind of trying to talk smack on Twitter after the draft. And it's like, guys, wink number one, peacock number <laughs> two, where are you at? That's right. Hey, you took second last time, too. You're going to go for back-to-back uh, runner-ups. I do. I do. <laughs> That's my thing, man. Uh, never, never the, always a bridesmaid, never a bride. <laughs> hey, you're getting your money back, though. That's fantastic. <laughs> that's true. And a little bit of something else. That's true. Yeah, that's, that's absolutely right. Um, yeah, who did I have? Oh, yeah, I had Kareem Hunt. I, was, I thought I was looking good, too, before the afternoon games. I had Kareem Hunt go for yeah. 36 points. He had 150 yards and a couple touchdowns. And then uh, Drew Brees eh, did a little okay. I mean, everyone else was kind of average on my roster. But then I, I yeah. checked back in, and I forgot you had Gurley. And I knew what Gurley had done because he's on one of my he's in my Scott Fishbowl team. And then uh, mm-hmm. I looked at the totals and I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah." Wink is way out in front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Plus, I had Gordon on Saturday that gave me a nice big chunk there to, to get things going. Yeah, Gurley just went off. That was a lot of fun to watch. You from, almost from the 49ers press box. Yeah, <laughs> you almost doubled up the bottom three people in this draft league, actually. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, maybe I still can. Go Julio! <laughs> yeah, you definitely could if he gets, uh, what, 10 more points. Um, all right. So yeah, we'll... You know, if you ain't first, you're last. So yeah. last week I was last, this week I'm first. Well, do we want to do another draft in this week? I, I'd love that, man. It's a lot of fun. Can you defend your title on Tuesday? You bet. Let's, let's rock. Okay. Let's do it on Wednesday. Wednesday? Okay, Wednesday draft, just like last week. Uh, what time? Anytime. Anytime? So let's... I'll take everybody's money anytime. <laughs> Uh, let's do a little afternoon draft. Let's do um, 3 p.m., huh? Sounds good. All right, I'll, I'll put the link up on Twitter, and we'll do a little afternoon draft once again. And the listeners got to come stronger, man. Uh, one Only one yeah, person yeah. Is, has beat me other than you so far. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to talk smack until someone knocks us off the top. Wink is, Wink is at the top of the mountain right now. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I took my medicine last week when I got my butt kicked, and now I can talk a little trash, and I'm definitely going to. You know, I'm just going to sit up here in my tower. And did talk about how great my picks are. As you should with all the L's you've taken this year, man. Enjoy it. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. I had a huge amount of L's. Although, hey, I'm in the Constellation Bracket Championship in my league. So I, yeah, and, and, and I'm, I'm in the good there. And I'm in the real championship. <laughs> I know you are. You're playing against somebody who's never won it. So we're going to have a new first-time winner this wow. year. All right. Ooh, and I get to decide where the draft is next year. We're going to Mexico. <laughs> hey, you still got to go through with the W, though. Yeah, that's true. If yeah. those things get shut down, you, you might be in some trouble. Yeah, I don't want to jinx myself. All right. <laughs> that hasn't happened all year. I don't know why it would now. <laughs> uh, let's get to the mailbag. All right, let's start Sounds with good. Justin. Say the Browns call and offer their two top five picks. Right now, I believe the Texans have pick four or five, and the, and the Browns have their pick, and they obviously are in line again to have the first pick in the draft. 
if if they offer both their top five picks for Jimmy Garoppolo, what do you say? I'm guessing a no, which in case the trade of a second rounder to the Pats is now looking like a daylight robbery. Uh, so two top yeah, five I mean, picks. That's, that's that's tough. That's tricky. Yeah, that's a lot of picks, man. That's a lot of capital right there. Um, so this is the way I look at that. With how hard it is to to draft and develop and hit on a quarterback and seeing what Garoppolo's looked mm-hmm. like and knowing he's still young and I'm not worried about the contract because the 49ers have the cap room. And so if you get, mm-hmm. you know, we've talked about this before on the show, if you get to pay a franchise quarterback because you have one, then you're happy to do it. That's the way I look at the money. So right. I'm, I'm money in the bank there. Yeah, I, I would definitely say no to that trade, which is kind of insane to say. And, and the reason is because you would be drafting a quarterback with one of those picks. So you'd be getting basically uh, whoever, Darnold or Josh Rosen, you know, whoever, pick your favorite quarterback in the draft. You're taking him, you're getting right. him and the number five pick for Garoppolo. And there's no guarantee that that player is going to be as good as Garoppolo. And uh, from what I've seen from Jimmy Garoppolo, it'd be difficult to even say that you think that that player would be better. So I'm absolutely saying no to that trade. Yeah, plus, you know, they're they're coming from the Browns, so they've already got a little taint on there, so you don't want any of that. <laughs> even the picks, not, you, you can't get rid of Garoppolo. No, you can't. You know what this guy's already done for your franchise? Like I said, again, I'll, I'll say it over and over with, with – you know, second-rate line right now. And, you know, you had Beatles playing right tackle. And, and you right. beat the Tennessee Titans. Great point. I mean, that, that says a lot about your, your quarterback there. And, you know, he's playing with a bunch of rookie receivers and, you know, rookie tight end. And he's got a backup rookie running back. And, you know, you just you love what you've seen with Garoppolo. And I don't think there's much of anything out there right now that could tempt the 49ers to trade this guy away. I totally agree. Uh, let's stay with the trade questions here via Twitter. This is Anderson. If it became an option, would you send – a third-round pick to the Steelers for Martavis Bryant, or is it too risky? I would. Hell yeah. Why not, man? Let's see. So he's Mar- young. He's fast. He's strong. I mean, he wants to be a top guy. and You know, you've got a spot open like that on the 49ers. Why would you not? I like Martavis Bryant. Uh, there's, He's got one year left on his deal, I believe, his rookie contract. Um, he should have been mm-hmm. a free agent, but he got suspended for that year, so that pushed it back another year. And right. then uh, there's the suspension stuff. So he gets deemed he could be out another year. It could be a Josh Gordon situation. So um, That's very true. That's, that's scary. So I would absolutely trade for Martavis Bryant. I think a third rounder, though, is way too much. I think you could get him for a much later draft pick. And that might be the reason why the Steelers don't trade him because they wouldn't be getting enough in return because I don't see a team offering anything higher than like a fifth round pick. So if he got traded, I think it would be a, potentially a steal given how good Martavis Bryant could be, but there's still a lot of question marks there, which which dampens the value that the Steelers could get back. But definitely a phone call that should be made yeah. in the offseason, absolutely. Yeah, we see what they're asking for, and, you know, lowball them a little bit. And right. You're like, well, you know, we got all these picks, we got all this money, we'll just find something somewhere else. And, you know, maybe they don't get what they're looking for, and they come crawling back to the Niners. Yeah. Who knows? But, yeah, I'm with you. I, I, like, I like Bryant a lot. Let's go to, I thought there was another wide receiver question out there. Oh, let me ask you this one. Do you, uh, and this is, the game kind of flipped at the end of the first half because the 49ers were just dominating that game and the Titans could not move the ball. End of the first half, Titans came back, scored that quick touchdown. Then they scored another touchdown and a field goal to start the second half. Uh, Renee's question was, do you feel the defense played a little soft against the Titans? Do you think Robert Sala may be 
um, maybe loosened up a little too much and allowed the Titans to get back in that game? I don't think so. I was I was sitting up top and I you know I was doing reports every fifteen minutes or so. So you know I was constantly taking notes and everything. And if you look at those drives, those two of those big drives of the three scoring plays of the seventeen unanswered points, it was a fourteen play drive and a twelve play drive. I mean it was just a lot of dink and dunk, and, and they were really just you know Mariota is a good quarterback, and they were finding the holes and, and you know and, and the defense. And I think Foster went in and out a couple times during there as well. I mean. This guy, how many times has he been helped off the field so far this oh. season? But man, I, I went home afterwards to just you know to get off topic for a second and watched all the highlights um, from the television and just watching. He is so explosive. You can see it from up high, and you know you're always like, "Who is that?" Oh, it's fifty six. Of course it was. Then you watch <laughs> how fast he is too on the up close shots, and man, he just throws himself to it, guys. Uh, he's just he's a lot of fun to watch. So no, I don't. I don't think the solid got soft. I think that in the NFL, teams make adjustments, you know, and they see like, oh, this is what they were doing to us early. It wasn't working here. Let's try this now. And then the 49ers say, okay, now now you're doing this. And then they made the adjustments. And it's a back and forth. It's a seesaw battle. Yeah, and when you have someone like DeMarco Murray, you're trying to, you know, go smash mouth, yeah. exotic smash mouth, and you're just getting nothing, and you're just punting the ball away over and over. you got to change it up. And so, you know, I just thought, right. it, was, I thought it was more a good adjustment from the Titans than it was – something on the 49ers. Yep, I'm exactly. I'm right there with you. Let's go to... Where are we at here? Oh, <laughs> Jaime has a good one. Uh, he's, his his new nickname for Garoppolo is Jimmy Jesus. <laughs> Not bad. Nice. Yeah, Jimmy G-Zus. Uh, Jimmy G, the second, The third coming, I guess, for the 49ers, if you're talking Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Maybe the fourth coming, oh, if you're perfect. talking uh, Tom Brady. <laughs> Keep them coming. Yeah, I like it. Exactly. Okay. Overrated, underrated. This is from Sean. The correct usage of ironic. Since 1995, I can't remember when I've heard it used correctly. Thanks, Alanis. <laughs> <laughs> solid. Very, yeah. very solid. It's true. I mean, you know, I, I remember watching that show pop up video and they, they had that. And it's like, actually, none of these things are ironic. They're just a bunch of bummers. <laughs> yeah. These are like, coincidences, oh, yeah. not ironic. <laughs> Not irony. Uh, that's a good. That's a good point, Sean. Thanks for that. Um, he also yeah, said, "Yeah, well is, done, Sean." He also said, "Is there a better story this year than Goodwin? The story of his strength, determination, attitude, yeah. and faith should transcend the NFL." Uh, I totally agree on that. No, it's true. Yeah, I mean, you, you, right now I'm buying a '56 jersey. If I got to buy one, but if you know, I got to buy two, eleven is going to be the second one. You got you got to love what he's done, just as a, as a man, and, and you know what he's gone through, and you know even just with the brick by brick. Thing and helping the little kid and everything, yeah. and now you know how he's performing on the field. Yeah, how could you not root for Goodwin? Absolutely, and just seeing his play and having the best year of his yeah. career, and the t- the style of player. This is what is amazing about Jimmy Garoppolo. Because imagine if he still had Pierre Garcon in there, who is the chain moving, yeah. sort of number one go to type of receiver that he could have yeah, utilized. Yeah, would be on the number two cornerback. I mean, oof. right? And yeah, so, you're right, man. But to be able to utilize Goodwin in a way he's never – just making him better and making him into a different player almost. And they've just missed on some of those yeah. deep balls. I think they might, you know, they might be able to connect on some of those. And so if you're the 49ers and you're thinking, okay, gosh, you know, they've beaten two teams that are not looking very good and then one team that is kind of you know, backpedaling into the playoffs in the Titans and then you have these last two games against teams that are sure playoff teams – that look like two of the better teams in the NFL all of a sudden in the Jaguars and the Rams, if you're thinking, okay, how can the 49ers knock these teams off? One of the one of the things is absolutely red zone offense, you know, turning those 
those field goals into touchdowns. I mean, love Robbie Gould, but would rather be getting into the end zone. So if they can do that a little bit. And the other thing is hitting some of these shot plays with Marquise Goodwin. You're going you're gonna to need some big plays if you're going to knock off one of these two teams. It's something else watching, you know, his progression just as a, like I said, as a, as a man and as a receiver and watching how far he's come this season. And, and it, you know, it just goes back to the Bryant thing, too. You bring in another big-time receiver, you add a third guy. Can you imagine what this team is? And you got Trent Taylor also as your fourth. I mean, this team this team has a lot of growth next year, and I, I love where they're going. And, you know, maybe not a playoff team right now, but if you look at them next season, oh, man, I've got no doubt that, that the NFC West is, is there to be won. Absolutely. It's a big shakeup in the NFC West, and when the cards are done being shuffled, it might be, you know, NorCal versus SoCal. It might be L.A. versus San Francisco at the top of the division for for a while after this. You know, I mean, the Seahawks, even if they do, they're they're not going to collapse like the 49ers did because they still have Russell Wilson. And so that's an important thing that they have there. It's a, you know, that's a trump card for a a lot of uh, W's, but um, they do have some things to figure out there. They've got to get better on the offensive line if they lose all these quality veterans. The Seahawks could be, you know, down at the bottom of the division with the Arizona Cardinals next year. And, and, you know, and for the Seahawks, maybe more of a retool the Cardinals got to figure out quarterback. They got to figure out some things as well. So uh, the 49ers have a chance to really make, make a big jump in the division next year. Absolutely. All right, that's going to do it. Uh, thanks to everybody for listening. Thanks for all those questions here. Thanks again to Nick for joining me on Locked On 49ers. Be back with you guys tomorrow. Uh, maybe do a little bit more of a mailbag. So keep those questions coming in. Got some guests lined up for you through the week, and we're going to preview the Jacksonville Jaguars game later in the week as well. So thanks again to Nick. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Be back tomorrow right here on Locked On 49ers. See you.